An album a day is my exploration into the Korean music scene. This podcast will cover mainstream, indie, and some underground artists within the scene and provide both factual and opinionated commentary. The biggest benefit to sharing my thoughts this way is that it will hopefully expose you to more great music and exploration of your own. You're tuned into an album a day. Show start. Hey, listeners, I am extremely ready to talk about this album. This is the um, this is the album from start to finish that uh, that that sealed the deal for me. <laughs> it's not the first one that I listened to, uh, but this is the album that has their quintessential song on it, uh, undeniably so. But I want to go back just a little bit, just a little bit, to some some actual factuals. So today we're looking at 21, their 2011 EP. Now remember, they had more than one album named after them. <laughs> it's just the way things were. But before we get into the music and, and all that magic and whatnot, I want to tell you about some of the um, the the accolades that this particular album received, and a possibility as to why. There's one aspect of it that's just strictly based off of demand and how hot this album was is to this day, and then the other side of it is, um, in the words of former U.S. President George W. Bush, strategery. <laughs> it's it's totally all about strate- uh, strategic placement and planning, which we've seen manifested multiple times within the industry. Um, at the time of this recording, which is October 2019, we just saw it on a massive level with um, Superboy Band Super M. But we're nowhere near talking about them on a regular basis. They only have one album under their belt at the time of this particular recording. And they're still rookies, so they won't make the list. It's not for rookies. Or at bare minimum, I'll say those who only have uh, one album under their belt and they are fresh into the game. I'm being a little flip-floppish about it. Just work with me on that. But let's let's get back to this. Um... There was there was some strategy involved in this that makes things very interesting. It's not going to change my ranking for this album, not at all. But uh, I want to give you I want to give you some more of the the background end of it. So before we get into it, special shout out to my Patreon patrons, the student body, and the scholars who keep my vision of becoming your favorite Korean music historian, exploring all the industry from A to Z, a real thing. Also, it's from the amazing support. And the efforts of my McGuala's, the most amazing fan base that me, a serious, I can't let go blackjack could ever have. <laughs> if you're interested in supporting the growth of this podcast and supporting my content, please visit patreon.com slash multifaceted ACG. And for as little as $1 a month, you too can be a part of the magic. The magic of this album. Let's just dive into this. 21 was released July 28, 2011. It was recorded in 2011 too. So they were just riding the wave of of the energy of 2010. We did have an album that dropped then. That was the previous episode to anyone. The actual spelling T-O-A-N-Y-O-N-E. So 
They come back with this. And they announced it in April of 2011 that they would postpone their debut in Japan. And it had a lot to do with the insanely intense tsunami. Um, and they would resume their Korean release plans. And it pushed the extended play promotions for it from April to July. So that's how this ended up coming out when it did. But this did get released in Japan. So let's go on over to Wikipedia and tell you a little actual factuals. So 21 is the second and final extended play by South Korean girl group 21. Um, it was released on July 28, 2011 by YG Entertainment and distributed by KMP Holdings. It contains six songs composed and produced by Korean producers Teddy Park. We've already talked about him and how this is basically Teddy Park's 21 featuring YG Entertainment's uh, bank account and Kush. He's a very interesting uh, producer. I like him a lot. Five of the six tracks were released as official digital singles. Let's let's read that again. Five of the six tracks were released as official digital singles. Also known as you gonna take this album and you gonna enjoy it. Do you understand? <laughs> let the airplane go across as I let you digest the magic of knowing that this thing only has six tracks and five of them were promoted heavily. Don't Stop the Music was initially released as a commercial feature single, Don't Stop the Music, Yamaha Fiore's uh, commercial theme song. A Japanese version of this EP was released September 21st, 2011. Um, this album was voted the best album of 2011 at the third Mela Music Awards. Now, this is where, this is where a little uh, reading, a little clicking, and a little deduction and, and interest takes hold. You really got to have a hardcore impact to get um, best album of the year. And I know that multiple artists receive this and sometimes multiple artists at the same time, but there was something more to this. The 2011 Melon Awards, which was the third Melon Awards. So things were still very fresh and new. Let's go back up just a little bit, a little bit where it said that this was released by YG Entertainment and distributed by KMP Holdings. KMP Holdings was an acronym for this company called Korean Music Power. It was a music distribution company. The whole purpose of distribution is to ensure that whatever uh, artistic content is developed, that it's getting promoted and pushed out there as best as possible, as available as it can, can be, whatever type of CD it is or DVD, what have you. That's the whole focus. So this launched... March 18th, 2010. They already had an album previously to that. It went defunct November 2012. It had a real short operating window. The outcome of this private company that was specifically for music entertainment distribution, it was acquired by a company called KT Music in 2012. So, like I said, it was defunct November 2012. It absolved. And then that company, KT Music, merged into it in 2013 and then it turned into KT Music Core. Okay. KT Music Core. What is what is that? It's a subsidiary of Genie. Genie Music. Genie is one of the music charts and um music they they got their hand on a lot of the music that is here in Korea. And there's a lot of playlists that surround it and a lot of interest in what appears 
on Genie Music. So to give you a better description of that horrible mess, some of you have even seen the Genie logo on some of your SM Entertainment stuff. Genie Music, a subsidiary of KT Corporation, just that company I was talking about, KT Music Corps. Genie Music is a South Korean company that specializes in the production and distribution of music content. It music, its music streaming service is the second most used in South Korea with 2.5 million subscribers as of June 2018. So it's like SoundCloud or Spotify on like severe crack. And it's a real big deal. Like when I was teaching, um, my students would be like, teacher, please put on Genie, put Genie. And I'm like, well, can I just, they either wanted me to put the uh, melon chart on so they could hear the top 20 or top 40 at the time, or they wanted what was on here. It is a serious level of demand. Um, but it has a network. And at the top of that network list is YG Entertainment under YG sublabel YG Plus. Um, you also have Star Empire Entertainment, Signal Entertainment Group, Stone Music Entertainment, MMO Entertainment, Jellyfish Entertainment, Highlight Records, AOMG, High Up Entertainment, Amoeba Culture, Swing Entertainment, Off the Record Entertainment, LM Entertainment, Happy Face Entertainment, HF Music Company, Dreamcatcher Company, Dice Company, Music Factory Entertainment, a lot of extremely familiar names. SM Entertainment until 2018. They uh, left and went with someone else. Um, JYP Entertainment until 2018. Both them and SM are now with a different company, but we're not talking about one of their artists right now, so I won't dwell into it. So you've been a partner of all of this, and you've been a part of every single move that occurred. And when you were KMP Holdings, the founding companies, the founding companies, were SMYG, JYP, Star Empire, Media Line, uh, Can Entertainment, and Music Factory Entertainment. If you have an extra invested interest in the, uh, the distribution of your, your assets, your artists, then of course this is going to chart and sell. So there's a part of it where, yeah, okay, it really is because the album just knocks. It's, it's 21 minutes and 41 seconds worth of magic. But it's also because there was a lot of strategy to it. And let me just, another thing that I want to make sure to mention because I love her. The producers on this are listed in the Wikipedia as Teddy Park and Kush. But let me not, let me not, not, not ignore my amazing, beautiful Lydia Park. I'm sorry, Lydia Peck. I just said Park Lord. Lydia Peck. I adore her. She's a songwriter. Well, she was signed to YG exclusively for a moment, the lids, <laughs> as a songwriter for Big Bang at 21. She's got this amazing freaking voice. She appeared at uh, KCON a couple of years back, and I was dog near in tears because I just adore her. I cannot believe I said her last name wrong two times on here. That's so ridiculous. Either way, she is the bomb. Like, oh my gosh. She, her voice, she did a, a, a remix of Tableau's um, Eyes, Nose, Lips. She did an English version of it and it's everything. <laughs> She's everything. I don't know if she still maintains an uh, association with the company per se. I mean, they definitely did cut a tremendous amount of checks for her. Um, But she ain't from around here. So she might have made some some moves that are advantageous for her professionally as well as personally to distance herself from some of the mess that's going on. She had a hand in one of my 
favorite songs on this album, Ugly, as well as Don't Cry, which was uh, Bomb's uh, solo. She helped with uh, both the lyrics and the music on that. And she helped with the music for Ugly. So this album with its six little itty bitty baby tracks, K-pop fans on a scale of one to five with five being essential listening and one not worth mentioning, the A3 day rating on 21-2011 EP is a five. It is a five. Don't touch me. It is a five. Accept it. Five. It's a five. Just in case you was wondering if there could be anything else it could be, it's not. It's only going to be a five. It is a five. Why is it a five at 21 minutes and 41 seconds? First off, I love it that the fact is... The song, not the song, the album is 21, first and foremost. Like, how did you just happen to miraculously make it 21 minutes and 41 seconds? Even still, I like how it's 21 and then it was four members and four of them made one group. So 21, 41, like that might not have been what it was. It just happened that way, but I adore it. And that's how me as a blackjack is going to look at it. This album is a number five. If for nothing else, then I am the best. That did it on its own. You can't think of them and not hear that and be like, oh, snap, that's 21. You ain't even got to be a fan. But you know this song. You know Nega Jel Janaga. You know that song. It's 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 everything. It was also released under Capitol Records, the same people who released um, Super M. But we're not talking about that. Um, that song in and of itself, it, it's like if they ever got back together and did a reunion, they would have to perform the song. You cannot escape it. it it's, it's, you, you can't get away from it. Like, try your best. CL literally performed it at the 2018 Winter Olympic closing ceremony and had the whole audience repeating, I am the best. Like, <laughs> what is it? Like, it's everything. That's what it is. Oh my God. Like, the international reception of this song was insane. It's been on, um, Countless commercials. It was on the Microsoft Surface Pro 3 commercial. That was August 2014. I got in all of this in 2012, October 2012. We just passed my anniversary. And I remember seeing that commercial and I was wailing. I'm like, oh my God, it's so amazing. Like, it got airplay on American radio stations without officially even being released to be for airplay. Like, what? Like, what are you, oh my God, like, it's, it's everything, it's, it's, an, it's undeniable, it's a great song, it's a really great women empowerment, I'm talking all that smack song, I, I absolutely love it, um, the, the way that they organize this album, it goes from I Am The Best to Ugly, which was a song that had a little bit of a rock, not even a little bit, let's not, let's not undermine it, it had a rock chorus, like what, they hadn't done that prior, then it goes straight in the Lonely, which is my karaoke staple, I told y'all that in the first episode when I was crying, like, Lonely is my jam, and I love every version of it, I don't care if it's a remix, an acoustic, I don't care what it is. I mean, it's already acoustic. Anyway, I love the instrumental of it. It came out May 11th, 2011. So I feel like it's my Tory and twin, even though my birthday is the first. That part don't matter. Just go with me as I explain this. It's a wonderful song. It was written and produced by Teddy Park. And um, it was intended to be, and I quote from CEO Young Hyun Suk, who, ugh. <clears throat> 
21's new song counterfeits the people with an analog sound, unlike the majority who use strong electronics and house music. And maybe that is why Will I Am found it interesting. Of course, he had to name drop. Of course, he did. This ain't about him. Let's not do that. They also released teasers of Lonely, starting with CL and Minji on May 9th, and Dara and Balm on May 10th. And the music video was released May 11, 2011. It's such a wonderful, beautiful song. It won Best Vocal Performance Group at the 2011 Mama. So, like, uh, they 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 did that with with Lonely. Oh my gosh. Um, just now that I mention that, I wonder. I wonder if uh, I am the best one. Anything doesn't appear so however it still has its own distinctions it peaked number one on the guy on single chart peaked number one on the u.s world digital songs for billboard like what in 2014 like the song came out in 2011 and wasn't even intended for american promo yet it still hit number one like oh my god bad minions on the floor mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah I, I, clearly i love it Clearly, I do. I didn't intend on this one being as long as it is, but I wanted to make sure that you all were aware that it was not just the magic of what was done on this album because they did push themselves in terms of sound. It's still EDM and all of that and pop and everything. They're true to that. But there were there were some things that were a little different from the previous albums, the previous two. But I, I, I really genuinely wanted you to know that it was more than just the music that did it. It was strategy. It was intentional and it wins. It wins. It wins. Take my five and hug it. And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) When we come back with the next episode, we are, uh, oh my God, we're, uh, we're on the last album. We're, we're going to do Crush and, uh, talk a little bit about that amazing project and uh, final thoughts, I suppose. I thought I was going to do it on a Friday to be able to kind of have the playlist, but um, I'll sort that out in my mind throughout the day as I prepare. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye, y'all.